This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast. My name is Adam Jabber, and we have, um, I feel like I say this all the time, but it's one of my favorite episodes. They're always one of my favorite episodes because you get to talk to the coolest people ever. Josh Malchek is on the show. He is uh, over at Season Equipment. He is taking care of like their media, their website, that kind of thing. It's part of the team that includes Austin Smith and, of course, Eric Pollard. And uh, But previously, he was at Line Skis and Full Tilt for a very long time. Made a lot of things happen there, including uh, taking care of the traveling circus budgets and figuring out like how to market that material um, and honestly figuring out how to make line work in a lot of ways. And same with Full Tilt. Um, he's one of my favorite people uh, to come on the show. He is an absolute marketing genius. He, both Adam Sourwine and I were super blown away just by how easy he is to talk to. I mean, he is like as easy as it gets to when it comes to getting people on the show and having a conversation with them. Um, we kind of jump around a bit, but overall, I, I'd i love this chat, and I hope you do too. Um, you can find more info on Josh in the show notes, and you can also check out Season Equipment at SeasonEQPT.com. And uh, yeah, that's the gist. Um, before we jump into the episode, we do have a quick sponsor for today, and that is Blizz Eyewear. Blizz Eyewear makes eyewear, obviously, because it's in their name. Um, Blizz makes sunglasses for lifestyle, for cycling, for rollerblading, for roller skating, for roller skiing, for all kinds of activities that you do uh, while moving fast. Uh, this includes goggles, this includes winter wear, and they want to give you 30% off on their product. You can use 30% off or get 30% off on their website at enjoywinter.com using promo code out of bounds um, for 30% off. Out of bounds is capital O, capital O in of, um, and capital B in bounce. So I hope you guys will use promo code out of bounds, save 30%, and get yourself some sweet new Blizz shades um, or anything else they sell at enjoywinter.com. Um, use that promo code and uh, let me know what you got shoot me a message um send me some blizz content and uh, we'll show the nice people at blizz that you guys are out there using this stuff so um you can also follow them on instagram at blizz usa um at blizz eyewear at the whole you, you know how to do things on the internet right all you guys do so um be sure to leave us a review on itunes if you get the opportunity it helps us a ton it is the metric that i care about the most probably um so if you could leave us a five-star review both adam and i really appreciate it and one more time, we have uh, a bunch of new shows coming in September. So I'm excited to share those with you shortly. Um, yeah, more to come. Um, next week, we have Mike Powell coming up this Tuesday. And that is a good episode, even if uh, we might be a little smoked in it. So um, that's it. That's all I got for you guys. Enjoy the episode with Josh Malchek. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Who are you? What do you do? Tell people a little bit about yourself, and then we'll uh, we'll take it from there. Who am I? Okay. Not philosophically, just who are you? Who am uh, I? What have you done? What's like? What's what the background? Done? If you if someone needs to look at your LinkedIn, right? Yep. They get a LinkedIn. Josh wants to be friends with you on 
LinkedIn or whatever that wants to be What's a connection. To say on there? Good question. Yeah. What is it? Well, Josh Malchek. You'd probably first ask if you're just reading my last name how to pronounce that. Mm. Malchek. A lot of consonants in there. It's Polish. But 36 years old, and I'm from the East Coast, Connecticut. Originally, we're sitting here in my house in Seattle, Washington, Fremont to be more pointed. And then, um, what else? Who am I? Oh yeah, what I do for for work. I'm the uh, brand director, <laughs> brand director for uh, Season Equipment, which is a uh, a new snowboard and ski brand that has uh, come into existence as of October 2020. And previous to that, I was at Line Skis, which is part of K2 Sports, and also Full Tilt Boots uh, for 12 years or so. Started when I was really young. Yeah. So I want to do a little bit of backup. I don't want to just focus on like your past and all that stuff. Oh, I want yeah. to talk about what's Looking going forward. on now. I want to talk about some stuff that's like current and all this jazz. But I want to know, like you, you did a shit ton for Line and Full Tilt. I think that's putting it lightly. Uh, I'm sure you feel the same way. Uh, what, what did you do there? What, what exactly was your job and what were your duties kind of as you progressed in the company? Because it's a, I know that's kind of a long winded question, but it's, what did I, yeah, exactly. what did you do is essentially what the question <laughs> is. If we really want to dumb it down. I was kind of like for those 12 years, I did a lot of the same thing just with a different job title at some points, yeah. you know, and, uh, begrudgingly I'd sometimes be like, I'm the highest paid, you know, shipper in the world of, of product to some team rider in Austria or something like that. But um, I started as the intern. Well, I actually started as a local hotshot rider in, uh, in the East Coast, but I wasn't very good and no one can pronounce my last name. So I quickly went into the back end of uh, snow sports and realized I should just get a job in the industry in order to afford to pay for it. And um, so intern with Jay Leventhal when, um, when Line was based in Burlington, Vermont, went to UVM, Worked at Ski Rack for a little while, which was pretty funny. And the Meathead Films, I was an intern, which is pretty also hilarious. And then uh, I was hired as the marketing coordinator and team manager in 2008. So the first economic downturn of my career uh, right after that. So 22 years old and um, did that basically working with the team, doing a lot of weird digital marketing things and basically being the guy in the office in Seattle while working with Jay Leventhal, who lived in Vermont. So did that for a while, new job title, marketing manager, brand manager, and then what, it seems like seven or eight years ago now that Jay left Line Skis in Full Tilt Boots, and then I became the brand director, which was in the world of K2 Sports, was kind of like the de facto like last rung of someone who is brand-centric in that in that world, and isn't um, multi-brand-centric, I guess you'd say, doesn't yeah. work for all the brands at, at K2 Sports. So oversaw those those two brands for, what, six or seven years? And in that aspect, I, I know I haven't answered what I actually do this entire time. Hey, man, I've, <laughs> just, I'm just here to prompt. I'm just here to prompt. I'm just, I'm just keeping the uh, the high-level things here. But, um, but, yeah, the titles are there. But what I would do in, on a daily, yearly, you know, seasonal basis is – Oversee the the general brand vibe, you know, taking you know making sure that we're staying consistent to what you know the line skis and full tilt boots brand you know tenants are and and how we looked. Graphic design, new product uh, product explorations, working with the engineers there, and just basically everything it was a small crew. So it was like it was a lot of just where are we at with this or how do we get this into the states quicker than it is right now or a lot of like push and pulls and and internal marketing of our, our little brands inside of K2. It's a pretty big, um, 
big umbrella of stuff. And so a lot of internally, I guess, internal education of like the cool things that we were doing and the potential that the brands had to mm. try to unlock more funds to, to make more stuff or, you know, to do more cool stuff. So I, what's, it's gotta be so hard to manage the look of a brand from the outside, like to put yourself in, not just in the shoes of one other person, but in the shoes of the mass market almost like you want to connect with all these oh, people. Okay. And I, I give you a lot of credit because line and I've been at the shop since I was a little, little kid. And I just remember line being like this constant up and down. And then it hit this like huge thing where it was like people, all people wanted was line and full tilt, right? <laughs> it didn't matter what else we had on the wall, even Debello for a time. It was like, nobody cares that Debello's here. Nobody cares that this brand is here. They want just your brand. And that's really hard to do to make people like the brainwash kit. And I say brainwash in a nice way, but you brainwashed a bunch of kids into thinking that line and full tilt was the fucking coolest thing that's ever existed. I talked, uh, full tilt's easier to explain because line, line has a lot more history and a lot more like, I don't know, just more vibe to it, I think. But full tilt was kind of, and I, I don't give myself much credit here. Jay Leventhal's branding positioning genius that He's I, a genius, I yeah. got to to work with so um seeing how he positioned full tilt um basically from the get-go of not like calling it the line boot or something like that because it was called line boot you know in the back end everything is was run by the the line full tilt guys but in the for consumers it's line skis and full tilt boots and like yeah. you, you, you know you, it's not hard to figure out the connection there but like it's promoted as its own independent brand and that was pretty genius because then we opened up our I guess, stable of people we can work with or things we could do to everybody in the industry. Yeah. As opposed to just like line skis athletes. So like, that's why Tom Wallace, she was on Scott at the time. Seth Morrison was the number one guy. Mike Hornbeck was like on the thing. We just were giving away boots like crazy. And it was just, it was a, the best of both worlds at that time for, for full tilt because it was, it was reintroducing a boot that was a winning formula and that everyone knew from the seventies and eighties and like people, the whole story of Full Tilt or Reikley Flexons is like, I kept these things alive forever. And like Seth Morris was like the antithesis of that. But then it was reintroducing it to an entirely new generation. I had no idea what was going on. It yeah. looked totally different. And then all their heroes were on the damn boot. Yeah. So they're like, well, Tom Walsh uses it. This guy uses yeah. it. Like, And it was like, I think I remember reading on some forum one time. They're like, Full Tilt is just like this giant marketing department. And they got all these people. Yeah. <laughs> Like I love that because there was there's it was, I was in the marketing department. That was yeah, the whole thing. but it it felt like that exactly. because it was like you were hitting things that were so specific. Right, I just remember in my head I like have that Seth boot like with the like plaid graphic on the front of it and like it, I just remember thinking every year with the full tilt boots that whoever's doing this and deciding like how this is going to get pushed to people has figured out what kids want on new schoolers, right? Because that was the outlet to sell boots. That's yeah. where people decided whether well, shit was no hot else. or not. And, you know, we were in the market. You're looking at the market, and it's like, yeah, boot companies weren't, like, acting like shoe companies. Why like, don't they? I still think they don't do it enough. Well, because it's stores like, like, not maybe like you guys. Are not we, like us. We buy all of them. We buy everything. We buy the whole line, A to Z. But I like the But you have other things that, like, fit other people's feet, though, too. Like, it, it is, it was so weird, like, a lot of boot guys would give us so much shade because they're just like, you're just, I got to put these boots on someone that doesn't even fit their foot, but they like, the customer's always right, oh, so totally. I got to sell them something. Oh, I can't tell you how many 28.5s <laughs> I've sold to a kid that's a 25.5 because he wouldn't shut the fuck up and yeah. was like, here's my money. Exactly. 
<laughs> take it, right? And I've heard the story, like, oh, turn them away, man. Be better than... I'm not better than or that. Or like I'm a star would show up at the trade show booth and be like, well, I guess I have to carry your boots now because every kid <laughs> walks... Every kid under the age of whatever with a tall tee comes in and, and like demands them. And it's like having consumer demand is Dude, and it huge. wasn't just consumer demand. It was walk in... Have full tilt, yes or no. If no, turn around. Yeah, it wasn't amazing. conversation. It wasn't, can I get you? When somebody comes in and they ask for a K2 boot, a whatever boot, you can put them in something else. When they yeah. come in and ask, we don't sell Atomic. When somebody comes in and goes, oh, you know, an Atomic <laughs> boot, I'm like, oh, fuck Atomic. This is like, whatever. Yeah, sorry, Immediately. Getting you're getting a Salmon. You're getting a K2. And they never don't, like, they leave with a product. Almost always. And that actually uh, ties in, Eric, that's a good, good segue into... The success of that with line also it's it was creating consumer demand talking to actual skiers or yeah. marketing to actual skiers as opposed to you know shop buyers and stuff like that where it's most established brands their business they're a manufacturer so they their business is and line and full tilt were manufacturers also they sold yeah. to especially retail and then they sold to the consumer but we had such a um consumer facing marketing power with like all these athletes and everything like that and do you remember, I don't know, how old are you again? Did, 26. Okay. So you don't remember when, like, Line, like, had the most insane pro team in the world, like, Skogan and Mike Nick and... But, Barely. Like, I was a kid. I remember being kid in the shop. Okay, so, like, like see, it was, like, like the sickest kid. pro team yeah, ever. Totally. And, like, and Jay was spending money like crazy. And then, at that time, they, he was, like, out of business, like, yeah. bankrupt. So they had to, like, he, he fired everybody but Eric and uh, Ashley Battersby. Yeah. And, like, and that was it. And so the... Where am I going with this? Basically, the strategy there was to start going grassroots and start like just floating skis to a lot of people and getting a lot more yeah. consumer, like get that grassroots um, <sighs> buzz going a little bit more. And those kids, that's who turned into like LJ Strenio and Will Weston and these guys. And so having that, um, I guess, just focusing on that end consumer a bit more than the like... Instead of the retailer. Instead I think. of the retailer was was definitely the, the, the things that really set us apart to like... You want that person to go in and demand a product as opposed to like being sold something. And I because think, they don't need me. Yeah. That's why I loved selling Full Tilt so yeah. much at that time because it was like they don't need me at all. Mm -hmm. I, I'm i not better than anybody. I, I think if I can do my job with no work, I'm in. Like I don't yeah. – if my job is functioning well and everything's working, people are coming in, they're buying the product, I think that's an amazing yeah. thing because and, they want it, right? Like so I go and I buy a shoe. I bought the shoe that I wanted. Nobody told me like the yeah, shoe exactly. fits the shape of your foot. It's like I know what I want. That's I want dunks and I want them in this color. And this is exactly what it is. You guys were the first company yeah. to me to do that. And there's a ceiling to it and there's risk too, because it's sure. like it is fast fashion. And it's like if you don't have your your finger on the pulse of what's going on, it yeah. you can miss. Whereas I'd say a larger percentage of people walking into a store, like a sporting goods store or whatever, do need the the retailer. Uh to kind of guide them through what they want. Cause it's yeah. like, Oh dude, I went skiing like 10 years ago. I have these shitty skis. Totally. Yeah. And then they look on the wall and this is foreshadowing to what we're talking about with right. season in a little bit here. I look on the wall and they're just totally overwhelmed. And they're just yeah. like, dude, what are all these crazy colors? What is magna traction? What is this? What is yeah. That? What is this? Yeah. And so having, having a, yeah, having brands where like a kid was already pretty knowledgeable about what was, what they wanted to buy definitely helped us grow at those times. And there was years, the, the early years of full tilt when, you know, I was like 24 or whatever. I remember we would, we were growing a hundred percent. We yeah. was, we were a hundred percent more stuff. Like, and there was like three or four years. And then like, we started getting a little bit more bold with our graphics. And then like 
actually categorizing these things. I mean, we were basically taking one mold and making like a model yeah. line of like 10 things, totally. which yeah. is crazy. Like I remember somebody got so mad at me. I don't know who they worked <laughs> for, but we had a story on ESPN's, like they used to have a ski blog yeah. and it was like a pretty well done uh, media thing. And it was a full story about how Full Tilt's new boot has rubber soles. <laughs> Yeah. That was the only difference. And someone's like, this is a story? This is news? This is not news? And I'm like, yes, it is, because it's full tilt. And no one cares about it. <laughs> it was great. So it was it was a great like PR thing. And we had so many athletes. And my final thing at full tilt was pretty funny. It was kind of like a spite sale. You know the booties? You like the booties? The, like, yeah, the, that's the, the best product full tilt's ever created. Exactly. That thing. Yeah. So that thing is great. Like we um, ride snowboards, a, a sister brand of ours brother brand cooler brand snowboard brand uh <laughs> they made they made these booties and um the 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 engineer there i'm like dude can we these are so awesome can we please like knock yeah. them off or whatever yeah and they're like sure and i was like okay well let's just give them away the first year then we made them that bright, mm-hmm. bright yellow got them dude and uh they're so warm they didn't breathe at all but like they were like oh. but if you're standing outside it, like all the reps love them because they're like standing at their rep stations or whatever like, yeah and it's got an inch of intuition foam on them but anyways <laughs> Long story longer, um, you know, we had them, and then finally we threw, I, we couldn't sell them for legal reasons for a little while, and then, like, kind of worked through that, and then we're like, okay, now we're selling these things. Yeah. And and the the CEO right now at, at K2, great dude, came from the footwear industry, like Converse, Nike, yeah. like, big-time stuff. He's like, those things are so ugly, and they don't breathe, they suck. He's like, you're never going to sell any of those things. And so I was like, shoot, I got this huge stable of, like, of, people wearing boots. I've never really asked them for a favor. And I'm like, let's try to see how many of these we can sell in like one day. Yeah. And so we, you know, we built, you know, built the, we had the 1.0 booty and the other booty. And then like on like September 15th of like 2019 or whatever it was like, that was like booty day. Yeah. And I basically hit up every single person I've given a free pair of boots to in the last 10 years. And was like, Hey, I've never asked for a favor before, but can you like reshare this just today? And, and that list was like Bobby Brown and like Henry Carlo and Phil. Yeah. It, it was literally like a, we had, I think it was like 5 million organic impressions or whatever. And so that one day, we sold like a thousand of these things off the website. <laughs> it was it was kind of just to prove the power of that full tilt like consumer. And they're like crazy good. It's, it's amazing to see like Jay Leventhal has done such a good job of his brand like year eight or whatever. I mean, he just sold a thousand pairs of skis like last weekend. Yeah. And because he has a very, very um, loyal consumer base. And yeah for for a good reason and, and i never really tapped into it with full tilt until the booty yeah. situation <laughs> so. no it's crazy man that thing is so good i like was that's the first thing from full tilt that i was like i have to have this right now <laughs> and i need to sell so many of them because it was immediate i put it on and i was like oh, oh god and i remember somebody at the when i got so them ugly, they were awesome. like it <laughs> smells so bad he's like i showered and then i put them on right after and they smell for six years like and it was like <laughs> And it's true, but now like 32 is biting you guys too. Like oh, they've got dude. a full lineup of the exact same boot, looks exactly the same. I had a I had a large um, product line expansion that was like a full boot, like snow boot thing, and oh, like dude, make high heels, dude, make everything, like make whatever you want, man. Like I'm I'm in. Shout out if uh, Tom Petrowski or someone in the boot department at uh, K2 Sports listening, I would love to be a consultant for. No, just do it at season. Boot things. Do it at season. Forget <laughs> them. Forget them, dude. Just move on. Just move on. Do it at season. But yeah, they, uh, it's it was a fun fun little project because it was just like it was very interesting to see like oh let's actually try to sell these and it's sweet i'm glad everyone gets them yeah and yeah. from the get-go we said we sell these off our website direct and that's it and like yeah. all the stores like 
fuck it, we'll just we'll buy them too. And so yeah, it it's it's one of the, we've definitely made products at K two. Like one of my best friends is the finance director there that are, were just like total dogs, like yeah. or, or like dumb products, like a line traveling circus watch. Yeah, and we had like five hundred of them in the warehouse, being like, "What's up with this watch?" Like the traveling circus watch turned into like a term yeah. of like just a product that was so stupid that why the hell do we even make this thing? Yeah, and. At first, everyone thought that's what the booty was going to be, and then we sold them all. So yeah, no, the streetwear is getting better. I mean, I know you're not there anymore. I'm like giving them compliments, like you're still there, but it's like the streetwear is better now. The because before <laughs> it was like I am a skier, I am a skier for your baby, I am a skier for a t-shirt. Those I sold a, a lot. Okay, but yeah, and then it died, and then for five years, you guys were still like you're a skier, and you're going to remember it, dude. It was, it was never really the highest uh, priority of uh, of the line skis full tilt boot world, but um. But yeah. when you have a cult following like that, you can. Do do that kind of shit. It, like if K2 did that, they wouldn't just K2 the brand did that, it wouldn't sell the same. It's yeah. not the same thing. But if I want to wear a full tilt sweatshirt or sweats or fucking socks, like yeah. you're wearing full tilt socks right now, dude. The stuff is comfortable, it looks right. good, it's simple. Like it's that's that's what people look for, I think. <laughs> in streetwear and full tilt's got that clout. And it looks like you're doing the same shit with season because that hat's cool. These are very the shirts yeah, cool. We're, we're like, going timeless here. Um, so anyway, let's talk about what season yeah, is. What's let's new. move forward yeah. a little bit here. So that was a decade of my my young adult life which was great and i i i owe that place my my career and and all the beautiful things i've i've done in the world the place owes you a lot too i, I yeah. think that's fair to say and uh i i got nothing but the when i left it was pretty funny because that was it was the i'd always say every year oh this is the sickest product line or whatever but it was it was the best product line i, I i'd ever been a part of what year was what product two years launched? ago it was when it was when like the vision 118 came out yeah that was the best the line ones. for yeah great looking graphics everything's clean the designer at the time was um this guy charlie who, who we really like kind of honed in on some certain branding elements and things like that and it was just super super connected and um yeah i was pretty hyped so yeah i was like to go out from a career on like a good note is like really rare it's and, hardly or, ever happens yeah and it's really hard to like leave your childhood dream job. Like the 16 year old me was like kicking myself in the nuts of being like, why am I quitting this job? It's so comfortable and I know it really well. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's too hard to say now, obviously, but like, is that a job that you look, you would go back to ever? Or are you just like, you're past that? It's not what you want to do anymore. I don't know. You, I never say never on anything. So it's like, yeah. it's not like I, the exact job. Like the reason, the reasons why I, I did leave were it was, there was an opportunity I couldn't pass up of just doing something completely new. Yeah. And I had been doing the same thing for five or six years. And I would, I could have continued to do the same thing for, for forever. And, and they would have just went on travel the world, do, do the things, uh, develop some new products, like use all the, the great toys that K2 sports has like full on production facilities and really push the, push the meter and use, use some big budgets and things like that. But um, yeah, it just got kind of stale and there was a very unique opportunity that was presented to me that, Decided to go. I, it was just pretty funny. That was January 2020. <laughs> Weird timing. Like, Hilarious. Oh, pandem time. Pandemic's coming. Let's uh, go to a ski brand that doesn't want to sell skis. So my well, question no, is, Josh, tell me. <laughs> tell me. Tell me about season. Tell me about the philosophy. And tell me why why it is the way it is, I guess. Who's involved? Give me the Okay. Give the, me the, the give me breakdown. The, the two minute breakdown, what the brand is. I've never actually like practiced this because the beauty of season is there's no um, you know, giant sales meetings with reps yeah. and uh, showings and things like that. So yeah. I don't really have that like full, you know, elevator pitch down, but like I've been living and breathing this brand for the last eighteen months. So it's it's been uh 
it's it's coming into a lot more clarity for all of us in this. Mm-hmm. But so basically, I'll start with um, jumping ship from previous career, January 2020. Did not know that there was a pandemic coming. I mean, there was a you little. Aware. Yeah, there was a bit going on. Yeah, they, no one no one let us know, but uh, <laughs> it's fine. But um, it's a the brand itself is um, a an amalgamation of Eric Pollard, who's a founder, professional skier, line skis, visionary, all these, you can look them up. Icon. And, um, and Austin Smith, who's a, an iconic snowboarder yeah. also in, in Bend, Bend, or- Bend, Oregon. And, um, and then in partnership with the Evo, uh, retail store and online behemoth that, that Evo is. And, uh, we've, we've had that connection for a long time. They live right down the street. Yeah. And Eric's known Bryce Phillips for a long time. And then we have a partner in Switzerland, a uh, Swiss family, that, that deals with another part of the brand. So it's, it's kind of this, like, triple three-headed beast that um, everybody is basically focusing on what they do best. And so Evo is uh, – our skis and boards are only available in Evo stores currently and then direct-to-consumer through our website. And then um, – so they're very good at selling ski, skis. They have a great vibe. They're a community organizer. I mean, there's just so many – events and initiatives that they do they're, they're they're a very large company but they're also like still ski. i mean bryce phillips skis more than anybody else lives at the past mountain biker he lives life yeah and like and their 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 give back programs are like pretty legit and like very very um they're authentic. amazing i they're what i look to <laughs> like i i'm a hater like through and through i like look at other shops and i'm like I can do that better than you. You don't deserve to be here. I look at Evo as somebody who is doing things correctly. Yeah. Somebody who's doing it the right way. And a, a group that like has it figured out. They have a system. Man. Yeah. Like they have it. I mean, it's a good So partner. partnering with them was just, that, that's a no brainer. It gave me a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of, uh, it gave me pause of being like, why am I quitting my very comfortable job that I really love? Um, but then the partners that we were working with and the people that I'm working with really made me it made an easier conversation, but yeah. So working with Eric and then Evo and then the Swiss guys. And then, um, our engineer is Andy Hitchon, who is, uh, I worked with way back in the day. He was the engineer for line skis like 12 years ago. Something like that. Good friend, uh, grew up or grew out of that role and then started running all of K2 sports uh, development. And then he went to Armada skis for a long time. So, he was our modesty. He's basically one of the smartest hard good hard goods developers that there is. So he's on the he's on the team. Eric's on the team. Austin's on the team. And uh, like I was saying before, we turned the mics on. It's like Andy is engineer. He is what is that? Right brain? Left brain? Left brain? I don't know. I don't know. He's very engineer. Either, so, he, yeah. He's he's organized. Yeah. <laughs> and he's organized. He's organized. He knows how to make products. He knows how to get them from factories around the world to a store to someone's feet. Eric is visionary, creative guy, mm-hmm. doesn't do many Excel spreadsheets, which is totally great. Don't want him in Excel spreadsheets, you know, can really see the, the higher level of knowing what he wants to do. And then you got me, who's like middle brain, who is um, the reason why I exist in this uh, trifecta. Can you hear that kid out there? Was... So where were we? What were we talking about? I have no idea. Moderator? Don't look at me. Oh, God. <laughs> we were talking about uh, season equipment and where we're, where we're at these days and um, in our, our group of people that we have. So basically, it's yeah. Eric Pollard and and, and Austin are are the front facing founding members of the, of this uh, this group, and then our partners are Evo, and then a Swiss family in Switzerland. And um, yeah, it's a it's this cool trifecta where we get to me and Eric uh, get to kind of focus on the the brand side of things and build the brand and and what we want is in product. 
obviously. And then uh, Evo takes care of distribution, finances, things of that nature. Nightdecker guys take care of European distribution and then also some product um, product development too. I, I really like that you guys are taking the approach where it's you're all doing what you're good at. You're yeah. taking your position because so many companies in the ski industry are I'm shipping, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and these are my jobs, right? Like this is where I'm this is where I'm at. I do everything, right? Sound and I'm sure there's still a lot of that doing everything thing. I'm not taking away from that. That that is what this industry lives on is people doing more than they're supposed to. Customer service, uh the phone number on the website went to my cell phone for the first few months. That's what I mean. That's exactly <laughs> so. what I mean. But you're an extra like you're a very talented talker. You're a very good communicator, you're the right person to do that. If they call Eric, I can't imagine that conversation's going as well, right? If they're like, I don't know if I like to ski that much. Eric, I mean, I, I don't know Eric, but I can't he's, imagine he's going to be like, oh, he's great. How can I change that for you? You know, like... <laughs> it's it's funny. We're all kind of hands-on on deck, which is cool. We're we're partnered with which with some larger entities, but like it's it's a 100% independent small brand. Yeah. And um, and when this idea came up to, to create a brand, it wasn't like, let's create this exact brand. I got the idea, it's done. It was just kind of like, where is this going to go? And it's been a really beautiful, um, I guess you could say organic process to come to where we are now. Because as it started, I mean, these things have been, and I can't speak for Eric that much, but because um, he's basically the visionary of this thing. He brought me on. Everyone's like, oh, damn, you left line and took Eric with you. I'm like, no, no, he was he was going and he he you know, wanted me to join him with this thing. Yeah. And, um, smart. So, because he didn't want, I'm, I'm the middle brain guy, you know, I'm the, I'm the one who's like, yeah. who's commercializing his, his ideas. And we've been, we've been collaborating on that stuff for the last 10 years of, of our lives. Yeah. So he kind of trusted my ability to take what he's creating and then make it into something that someone can understand on, on in the world or commercialize it, I guess you would say. But, um, yeah, the, the, where we've gotten to now, I mean, there was just a lot of iterations in, in the brand. We did want to take a step back and look at the industry as a whole and say, okay, no one needs another, another brand. There's so many good ones out there. Like what, what are we going to offer or what are we going to, how are we going to differentiate ourselves in a way that is uh, unique and, and gives a pretty good value proposition of someone coming into or choosing us. And uh, it, <laughs> with, Launching a brand with Eric Pollard, everyone kind of thought there would be a bunch of trees and clouds on some crazy ass shaped skis and no snowboards and things of that nature. And then we come out with starkly black products, skis and snowboards promoted equally. And it really threw some people off. It's my favorite graphic <laughs> of all time. I just want to say that like I've been asking and any rep that I've ever worked with can probably attest to this. I think that every ski should be black all the time. I really do believe that. And maybe it's a little aggressive. Maybe not every ski should be black. Like I know Fisher does the pink ski and I'm supposed to promote, but like everything should be because it's not about the graphics so much in a lot of ways. It's about what the ski does for you. It's about yeah. not getting old and you have that blank template. You can do whatever you want to your black ski. It's just, it's your black ski. You do what you want with it. And those aesthetics play into the, um, you know, and, and Eric's obviously, you've read his book or things like that i mean he's he's made over 45 different ski models and they're all different looking and it was this every year what's going to be a new graphic and you know it's that fast fashion situation of like and it's cool they're all beautiful and a lot of other companies do it really well and you see great graphics every year but um yeah in order to come into the market and really make a a difference and and to 
kind of play into our, our main brand tenants, I'll get to that in a second, um, was to, to go this way and, and really focus on like the shape of the ski and then just small nuanced graphics or small nuanced branding hits on it. If you look at the skis, there is, there's laser etching, there's, there's inlaid, uh, different colored sidewall situations. There's a little, it's very clean. And there's, there's a, there's a lot of like uh, discovery elements in there too. But so that the look of the snowboards and skis is directly in line with our, one of our brand tenants, which is longevity. And so, well, let me back up. We have three brand tenants. We had like 10 at first. It was just like style and this and community and diversity and all these, like there was like a lot going on. We had a big, 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 um, you know, very analog mood board. We still have all that stuff in, in the office, but, um, but yeah, there was just a lot of what do we want to focus on? And we've, we've boiled it down to the three things and it's equipment simplified, equipment in common and equipment longevity. And so I'll start with simplified. If you look at our product line, it's the first year, it was only three skis and three boards. And I shouldn't have said only there because we intentionally made it only three skis and three boards that have the same name and have similar shapes that are made for the conditions that are good, but they also transcend categories. So like it's the arrow is built for hard snow and excels really well at hard snow, but can also do everything else. Like when, when products get too, I guess, niche or specific, then it just creates like this quiver thing. And there is quiver people. People love quivers. And, but we wanted to really simplify the equation because what I was talking about before, someone coming back into a store or getting back into skiing, we want to do them a service of simplifying the equation of being like, oh, I don't have to like do research on like 40 different brands. Like K2 has 50 different models or like DPS has like 35 different models of skis. Mm. It's really, really confusing. And I'm sure they're all great. But no, the, they're not. <laughs> the, oh. Don't do. No, no, no. They're not. Okay. I'll let you be. Continue. Continue. <laughs> There's a lot of great skis out there, but the nuances of differences are just so minute. And then it's like, and this is what I did for 12 years of my life. I said, yeah. last year's product line sucked. This year's is amazing. And next year's <laughs> going to be even better. And then it's like, well, what changes? Like, well, the colors. And there's like a three millimeter difference in the side cut. And then we have this new thing called like yeah. bingo, bango, like whatever. Or THC, dude. THC, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all pretty good. But um, there's a lot of marketing bullshit and all that stuff that was, that was just basically ancillary. Like, you didn't really need it. And so we wanted to really simplify the equation. So that's where the equipment simplified really came from. And then in common, you know, it sounds so silly that, like, you know, there's, there's like a war of skiers and snowboarders or whatever. But, you know, that's how it is. Snowboarders yeah. came in to the game much later and people got mad because they were cooler or something like that. But anyways, there, there is brands out there that make skis and snowboards. They're larger, Solomon, K2, all that stuff, but they all kind of pretend that they don't, the other one doesn't exist. You know, K2 is getting a bit better. They got the same website. I think Sean Pettit's saving the world. Sean dude. Pettit's saving the world. He's really bridging gaps there. But um, yeah, with, with Eric and Austin and, and just us in general, we're just like, dude, that's just silly. And it just, it starts with promoting skis and snowboards on, on the same level and not like putting one in one place or whatever. Eric's a skier, Eric's a snowboarder, Eric's a surfer. Like I've snowboarded since like fifth grade and, but skied since like one, but I'd be more labeled a skier, I guess, cause I ran a ski company for a long time. But, um, but yeah, that, that in common and, and it goes deeper than that. It's guy, girl, young and old. Like it's, it's not like. It's not gender specific. Yeah, not gender specific. Like gender neutral product is what skis and snowboards should, should have be. been forever. Yes. Like, yeah. and it's, Thank you. it's all this kind of funny, like 
not yeah it's bullshit i guess where you're just like yeah the pandora is the sick day and yeah. it's just got a teal color or whatever the trending smaller color sizes, is in smaller teal, sizes yeah. and so it's like you don't i don't know there, there was really no reason so to bring that all together just sim- one simplifies the equation a lot more and then also just kind of celebrates that like it doesn't matter what's on your feet or what color you are what gender you are whatever it's 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 a it's equipment that's why season is called equipment instead of just like skis or snowboards how are you going to make money okay that's my question (laughs) you knew it was coming how are you going to make money because you guys are preaching longevity which i think is amazing and i think it's important and all of this stuff is really great until you can't pay your bills right like and i think we all you have investors what happens (laughs) if the dollars don't make enough sense for them I guess because that's that's got to be oh, yeah. a consideration in a business. Uh, at the end of the, it's the stuff no one really wants to talk about. <laughs> Everybody wants to be like, we love being simple. We love being clean. Look at how it's made. It's beautiful. It's amazing. But if you go under, yeah. none of that fucking shit matters. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of brands out there, the smaller startup brands that you see out there, and you're like, how do they make money in it? And the funny secret is they don't. It's just like yeah, backed by yeah, some super rich Yeah, daddy's dude. from Saudi Arabia and he <laughs> like spent, instead of buying a Ferrari that yeah. week, he owned a ski company. And yeah. It's an art project or something like that. And you know, this is this is definitely not based as a as an art project or something that's just like, let's see what happens. There's a lot of um, strategy to it. But um, yeah, like offering something totally different that is like, don't buy the ski again. We're not saying these things are going to last for 15, 20 years. The, the construction of, this, of the skis and snowboards are pretty similar and we're using you know known one we're using two of the best factories in the world uh, in um dubai and then in on austria for the skis but and so they're they're made well but they're not like you're gonna buy one forever we want to have people to have a, a bit more of a quiver but we feel that there's a market for this in 2021 it, I, I wouldn't call it a tr- I, yeah it's a trend but it's a good trend of minimalism and like not having this like giant closet full of skis and, and having mm-hmm. to worry about it or feeling like the skis you bought two years ago are suddenly so old news because they have like some weird graphics on them clowns or something like that and and so or feeling like you got cheated like you mentioned that before it's exactly. like you're saying you didn't say cheated but i'm saying cheated it's like you are like oh it's way better this buy this new one last year's was shit this year's <laughs> exactly. it's like every year it's like i wonder how customers don't remember that but they don't somehow. They still like they want what they want. I think there's enough skiers, find- and I, there's there's probably data out there to, to prove this. I'll just pull it out of my ass. But it's like you know, most people don't buy a new pair of skis every year. There is those people for sure that are like, "What's my new ski?" And I'm just I don't know. Those, those people, people are annoying are. though. But they, those people are <laughs> annoying, and they get them for free or discounted or on a pro site every year. Exactly. Like, that's the one that buys it every year with cash money, full price. Almost doesn't. That is like the anomaly of yeah. the anomalies, you know. And uh, I mean, we just feel that the markets that. You know, staying small of of what and being humble, not like buying cyber trucks or as a fleet vehicle or something like that, um, is <laughs> is a start. That is you know, minimalism, kids. I, I have um, <laughs> I have many many years of uh, working with very small budgets uh, and mm-hmm. and trying to get as much um as much out of it as possible. But yeah, as as to answer your question, well, I'm never going to answer your question of how we're going to make money exactly, but um. But basically, we just we just feel like it is, it's what we feel like is what is needed in the snow sports industry, and so we're hoping that people feel the same way. And and yeah. having a not um, going to trade shows, not not doing the whole um, you know 
manufacturer route of things, having a fleet of reps and all these things where yeah. you're diluting your, your margin to a point where it's like, no one's really making money. Everyone's making a little bit of money, but no one's really making any money. And you have to make volumes and volumes of skis or snowboards in order to actually yeah. make some money. So we're going to keep the volumes down and then hopefully the margins can stay where they are and then find those people that, or kind of just educate people about what we believe in and then hopefully they come. And this first year was really impressive. We were very, you know, I'll be honest with you. It was like, wow, this is, I'm unlearning everything that I've done in my yeah, entire you're marketing. Career. I was just going to ask you, like, does it bother <laughs> you as a marketing guy who's like, I got to create these things to make people love them. And now you're like, how can I take, it's like the Bruce Lee thing, dude. It's like, yeah. you're just like the perfect way to do it is you're just like taking away as much as you can to perfect the art. Like, and that's what this kind of feels like. Not that I think it's perfected it's yet, exciting. but it's like, I you think guys are doing this thing that's so simple. It feels like simple is the hardest thing to, to make happen. Like it's insane. It's, it's also the hardest thing to sell because then you go, how do you buy? Like, how do you, why am I buying it? Why am I spending a premium dollar amount for this right and i mean you guys have done creative things where's in your one graphics? right where's the graphics where's the how do i know it's like eric's behind it i want to see his name on you know it's like that kind of thing it does matter to some people but you're working around to it some but we i think the 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 community at large we want to celebrate like yeah and that's one of the things the the biggest fears of this brand were like oh no like i don't want this to be just like a line 2.0 and like that's what a lot of people kind of thought it was going to be when people got wind that we were making a new new brand and you guys put out a fishtail ski immediately exactly. i mean like, probably but the fishtail is just it's just a good shape i think for a powder ski <laughs> i agree we talked about this before there like, should be more it's not the pescado it's a very different yes, animal a very different beast that goes very fast but um <laughs> but the uh yeah that world is very interesting of like who i don't know who where was i going with this i totally lost can I ask you, do you think the model is broken? Like the way that ski companies sell to, whether it's retailer or to consumers? Because I think in a lot of ways, reps are now not super useful in a lot because they've gotten used to just cashing that paycheck, walking in, I need the, yeah. here's what I get, or right? Just forwarding their order so to ve- customer service and say, very put it in few. Or- and then like you don't hear from them for whatever. And I'm, I'm, sh- generalizing obviously there's a few reps that are doing creative things promoting making money there's i can name them on one hand though you know like it's it literally and they know who they are i've said this to them and and it, it, you know i apologize if i'm offending anybody but i don't know that it's the same it's not as needed as it used to be and because you have the internet you have a bill you guys have an ability to market on your own yeah with the internet and you, you don't necessarily need a rep to go in there and be like, how about 50 skis instead of 45? <laughs> you don't you don't have that because, and people may not know this, like that's how people buy skis as a shop. You go in there, you talk to a rep, they decide whether they want to sell you first, and then they give you pricing and the yeah, whole deal. Whole like, roll, the whole clear. deal is annoying. It's tedious. It's overcomplicated. It basically needs to be, here's the lineup. Here's the opportunity to ski them. Here's the opportunity to get to know the people you're buying from. And write the order that's how it yeah. should be to me it should be as simple as possible no haggling and stuff like that no haggling. like i want 10 percent. i want 20 percent. it should be consistent it should be nice and it should be like you buy this much you get this much and i think that part is is true still like with the current rep situation but i guess i'm just that model can't work forever because companies are now selling direct companies are now doing what you're doing where you have evo you have a guaranteed order every year Right. I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, you have a company that is now supporting you and is a partner in this and wants to be like, they're going to buy those skis and they're going to now try to put them on people's feet. Like they were running that promo where like 
you get a free mount if you buy a season ski, right? You oh, yeah, get, I never got into this. You never got, longevity. Yeah. Sorry, that's in the tuning thing. That's where we it's were. A right? Huge. I mean, in it's that different. That tenant of longevity, like I was saying before, like our skis aren't made with like solid steel fucking top sheets or something like that. Like they're not yeah. gonna like just never disintegrate. They're not volants. If you ski for um, you know, it, you know, uh, fifty days a year for ten years, they're gonna degrade at some point. But offering a free standard tuna evo for life of the product or um discounts off of any sort of uh equipment like repair service yeah is one of those things we could lean into with our partner yeah it's like what, what's that kind of like a legal bait we can fish with in here and and that was one of them and they have great tuning service centers yeah. and we're like it's a part of our brand this is what we care about we really want people to hold on to their skis mm-hmm. and so we had that opportunity to use that and, and i think having that creating that relationship with the store or with your, with your equipment in general. Like you just, you should always think about how do I fix this before I just get a new one? Like for years I would buy the $5 H and M t-shirts and stuff like that. And when they got too stained or whatever, I just buy more. And I'm just like, dude, why don't I just spend a little bit more money and get something that's a bit better? Or like if something breaks now, it's like, how can I fix it instead of how can I actually, you know, get another thing? Cause it's when we launched with, with that as one of our main things we care about, like we had a story on Outside Magazine and the title was like, this company wants to sell you less skis or whatever. And, and it is, it's not a bite on, but like we definitely would reference that that New York Times ad that Patagonia said that says, don't buy this jacket. And it's like, just, yeah, it's it's for life. And, and we to have that just overarching idea is I think just good for everybody to just kind of acknowledge. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not it's kind of turning a mirror onto the industry of being like, yeah, it is bullshit that there's just a new graphic every year because there's a new graphic every like because there yeah. has to be because you need something new to sell because you need to discount stuff in the in the springtime to have the new stuff to make room and then you just, it's a giant cycle and that, that that consumer cycle to me really um, is gnarly. I don't know. It's this this brand is kind of in my in my arc of my career in the snow sports industry is really on point with what I want to be doing right now because it's like, one, I want to give back to the industry in some way. I'm, mm. I'm no longer, like, I, I, I took from the industry for a very long time. Like my, my parents were teachers, you know, in no way were we poor, but, like, you know, money was tight. There, we had five kids, in the, or four kids in the um, family, and, like, I figured out how to get into the industry by working in the industry and I traveled the world and I did a lot of cool stuff and I met a lot of cool people and that was great. And then this next chapter is more like, okay, let's, let's try to design this brand to actually have some stability and sustainability in the, in the actual um, world. Yeah. It's kind of a rant right there. Good rant. It's a good rant. It's approved. I, I, it's just a crazy idea to me that somebody wants to sell less. It's, but I like the honesty. It's, it reminds me of that that ad that Digi did forever ago, where he's like, "Okay, this is one star. This is the campaign." There's a lot of people in snow sports. Like everyone's like, "Oh, skiing is dying," or "Somewhere is dying." It's like, well, climate change is killing it, or it's very changing the the landscape for sure. But like, you've been to a ski area on a weekend. There are so many people there. There's too many people that want to ski, but not enough people that give a fucking shit to actually do anything, though. That's the thing is like actually take steps to be better about yeah. how it's effect. Because like they're all like, oh, we love skiing. We love skiing. We love skiing. But how long is skiing going to be here if everybody just like crowds the vi- the veil lift lines and like, I don't know, just post it on it. It's like I wonder if people actually 
mind waiting in lines anymore. They're like happy that they get to post it on Facebook and get a bunch yeah, of clicks. No, like it's, it's interesting. It's it's great to see a lot of the new like I live in a pretty major city in the United States, Seattle, and they're skiing within forty five minutes away from here. And like Snoqualmie Pass is amazing. You see a diverse amount of people there. And like yeah. and with the changing I guess population of Seattle, because you have a lot of these tech workers coming from all these different places, they they want things to do and they're just like, let's go skiing. And so there's a lot of first year skiers up there. And yeah. it's it's beautiful to see, but their their path to like getting to that point is just pretty rickety, you know. Like they're mm. they're either renting stuff and they're like in the basement of something. They have this crappy equipment and yeah. and uh, you know they also you also see a lot of like these unbranded like goggle and helmet situations. Zionors, dude, you see so many yeah. Zionors. And, and from you're Amazon. like, where is that? And it's like, oh, that's the number one goggle on Amazon. And so it's like, and that's their consumer thing. And so that's not supporting the industry very much and that's really sad and so if we can <laughs> if we can somehow reach that community of people and give them a good um, experience in the first place I think we should celebrate that a little bit more so a beginner could ski a season ski right like that's that's what yep. my that I think is a big thing to mention as well because there's so many companies that make expensive skis that if you put a beginner like if you put a beginner on yeah, a yeah. k2 disruption uh they're gonna ski into a tree line and never come back <laughs> you know like they just won't be able to control that type of thing no so, they're pretty um i mean i wouldn't call them uh they're not beginner, beginner skis. skis i'd say intermediate to advanced but like the the shapes of of the skis and snowboards you have snowboarder listeners on this podcast maybe sure. i don't know Absolutely. yeah we definitely do i'd hope so we love snowboarders i like snowboarders I snow. I a snowboard yeah. ski brand and um <laughs> but the the shapes of the thing are they're very like i said before they transcend categories so it's like you can actually get on something and, and make a, a pretty easy turn yeah so. no i i i'm i'm glad you guys are doing it i think it's i think it's great and i just i don't know it I'm interested to see if you guys actually make money. That's what I'm waiting for. And I still, <laughs> like, too. I want it. I know you are too. And I'm sure Eric is. I'm sure Austin is. It's I, I want to see if it works because I think this model has a lot of merit. I think yeah. there's something here. And I think uh, it's it should be more of this type of thing, right? Because there's so much vanity in the ski industry. Yeah. If this you get to meet simple. the rest of the folks that are that are involved at the at the level, Austin and Eric and, and Andy, it's, it is, it's very, um, yeah. It's interesting having a brand that's like a non-marketing brand. It, there's no like thing that we're like, this is the lightest material in the world. Or like, we're the only ones with this material. Or like some sort of weird like angle there. It's very cut and dry and very simplified, like I said. Because everyone that we're around, we really want to simplify our lives in, in some way. I guess it's the, someone said like the Marie Kondo of the yeah. ski brand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It I mean, does if that's bring what it you is. joy to have like, and it's brought me joy of being like, well, just mount up a Nexus One Eighty Three is like, I don't have to mount up next year's because of a different graphic. Like at line, I I never had the same ski every year. I was like, well, I guess I got to ski on the new stuff now again. And so it was always this like churn. Yeah, it's almost like um, a like you're a dork if you're skiing last year's stuff and when you're in the end. <laughs> I feel the same way sometimes. It's like if I don't get the new one, yeah, what are we doing? It's like that's also not great. Like yeah, that's I'm gonna not like. A, repair my stuff as long as I can and then when I'm done with it I'm going to give it to somebody who can't afford a pair of skis and then say hey here you go there's yours and try to make them last as long as possible Yeah, and go from there I want to use the tuning situation at Evo because it's right down the street and uh, yeah it's a, it's a good feeling I think of of, of that, that world and I live a, 
don't know, you're sitting in my tiny condo here. It's pretty simple. And uh, Yeah, and you're a psycho, by the way. We should talk about that for a second, like how <laughs> this place is so clean and so organized, and you're upset about... I'm going to take a picture of this wire, and it's going up as like your episode cover, I bet. Like, And he's like upset that this wire is showing, and it's the cleanest wire cover I've ever don't seen like in the, the entire wire. world. He doesn't like it. All right, well, we'll fucking drill a hole in the wall. I can't even like... I can't... I don't know. Dude, it's insane. <laughs> I. But I think that that speaks to what you're doing at C. Like, it's the same idea. Like, yeah. it's the exact... Like, it's you're looking for that. No, Dude. and it's it's celebrating everything too. It's it's it basically, you know, from the get go, yes, it's founded by a pro skier and a pro snowboarder. Yeah, but it's not a this is a pro skier and pro snowboarder's brand. It's it's basically more of a turning the mirror onto the people out there enjoying going to the mountain, no matter how they slide down the hill, sideways or forwards or backwards or whatever, young or old, guy girl, black white, whatever, yellow brown. You got all that stuff going on, but. uh yeah, it's, it's celebrating basically everybody is, is the whole community aspect of the thing. On that kind of topic, like one of the biggest pushes that I try to make on the show is like getting more people into the industry. Like how do we get people actually interested in working? Because uh, you know this is like, it's hard to find good people. It's hard, yeah. but there's good people out there doing other jobs, right? How do you get people involved in the industry? Like if you were talking to a 16-year-old... Why does a 16-year-old, other than he loves it, because that's a shitty answer, and anytime anybody gives me that, I'm like, it's not enough, dude. I love riding roller coasters. You love a lot of things. I love riding my mountain bike. Okay, do I want to be a mountain bike? I don't. You know, like, it's just... It is that question you should ask them, too, is like, do you love it enough to hate it at times? like Totally. I've, like, there's days where I'm like, and I told you this in the beginning, it's like, I fucking hate it here. I hate this skiing, <laughs> but I love it. It's my, it's everything I have. It, I owe everything to it in a lot of ways. Yeah. So why does someone get into it? How do they get into it? And what's that path look like in 2021? Because it's different. Definitely different now. Then when you started, even when I started, like, I mean, I was lucky enough to grow up in a shop. Like, this is like, I was born into this in a way. And... Not everybody has that even remotely. And I definitely, every year, I find it harder and harder to find people to work in shops, to be in the industry in general. It's like the yeah. guy who replaced you replaced you at Lineful till it's 24 years old or sitting in your office. No, I don't know Steven if he's does. actually, I know, I know Stephen does. I know. But Steven like, I'm kid. just saying, like, Connor's there. He's 24 years old. He's into the industry now because I'm only bringing him up because Adam just talked to him. And it's just, he wanted to do it and there was a pathway to do it. You yeah. brought him on. Yeah. Like, is yeah. that, he worked I, for a rep, but he was like a pro. Well, he was competition, competition, competition skier from Connecticut, actually. Well, yeah. Uh, from um, Connecticut, Simsbury and Canada too. But, um, yeah, that path is pretty, um, that's the path these days. And it's, it's a weird path. I, I wish there was a, a better way, but for anyone who's, uh, you know, in college, I always love talking to people. You can always email me, josh at seasonekpd.com. Um, I would say, yeah, you just do everything. How I got to do it, I just did everything for free. Or like, I would just... People don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. Like, I know, that was kind of old school. Where it was, it, I think it's just like, do what you want to do and see if what sticks. Because there's like, there's multiple paths in the snow sports. I mean, there's, there's engineering, which is actually go to school and be an engineer and then get a job. There's not that many jobs as engineers in yeah. the industry, but you have to be smart and have actual credentials. Yeah. That's one. And then you get the sales guys. I don't really know what a sales guy does, but yeah, that's like the rep world. <laughs> that job's going away. We'll limit, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll not mention <laughs> that job. And then like the marketing well. branding world, you know, I, I try to think of, I don't know. I'd, I'd say just, yeah, like be on top of all current trends, marketing and 
branding is basically relationship management and just, you know, everybody I've talked to that's successful in this industry has a way of connecting with people, right? You have it. Uh, like I bring up Digi all the time. Digi has it. Powell has it. So many of these people, they're just, they want to connect with people, right? You mm. were so helpful to me. You're like, okay, this is where you go. This is where you have coffee. This is where you ride. This is where you do this. Here's an interview. Like, I was a recreation management major in college. So like if you're having fun, I, you know, I want to make sure everyone's having a good time. You know? Yeah, I think that's so important <laughs> so, though. And it's because everybody's so in their phones and in their own head about stuff now. It's like you miss out on that in a lot of ways. From yeah. people who are trying to get it, you you don't understand the fact that I guess it's, it is networking. It's oh. so small. The industry is just so like you know everybody, right? Everybody knows who everybody. Is. You might not know them personally, but you know who everybody it's is. Very weird. Yeah, there was a few years ago in one of my last trade shows, and I'm just like, oh my god, every fourth person that walks by, I know them personally mm -hmm. in some way, and I'm like, that's a problem. Like totally. Such an insular... I go to OR like this with my shirt over my head, like <laughs> eyes closed, like nobody talking. It's to like me. a very insular thing, and in in the last year or two. I think America finally did wake up and realize, oh God, this is like the most weirdly, what do you even call it? I don't know. Racist. We're just racist people in some way. <laughs> and like, and it's just, in the snow sports industry in general, it's just so, I mean, there's so many barriers to getting new people into the whole thing. It's expensive as shit. It's expensive shit. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of issues. And, uh, and so in order to open that up, it is to intentionally, not just promote the same looking person the entire time. Don't have a team of 16 white dudes that are all from Aspen and Steamboat or whatever yeah. there is and celebrate like normal people <laughs> and celebrate different people Yeah, and go from there. That's a total tangent of how to get into the ski industry. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, <laughs> that's all right. We want, this is what, I don't know. Like this is a podcast I think is like where you just It's a conversation like, podcast. Well, yeah, right? it's, we just talk. I don't have loaded questions. I didn't do any notes or. Right. Very much research. Like I knew. Of no, it, the getting into like, industry is tough. It's just it's a small industry. Be prepared to like, not make much money, and do a lot of different things. But like, if you enjoy that stuff, like, you know, some people I've seen at from working my previous job, you know, they they really wanted this structure, and they're like, well, there's no project manager for this, and I can't do this or whatever. It's this is a big company. It should be like this. It's like, if you're not going to use what you have at hand and like, you know, code it how you, how you want to. Then you're never gonna make it here or whatever. Like, yeah. I, you know, I I would laugh that I'm boxing up a bunch of random stuff at eight o'clock at night in totally. downtown Seattle, but it's like I wouldn't rather be. I don't know. It's it's just no, it's the do. industry. It's like you do what you have to do, and I think that part's important to mention because, like, everybody just thinks that you just get handed the keys to the castle. Yeah. One day, you know, like one day I'm gonna be forty and somebody's gonna give me this job <laughs> at the top of season or K two or whatever. It's, yeah. it's just not like that. The thing that sells it for me and that sells it to my friends or sells it to people that I work with is like the experiences that you have the opportunity to have yeah. in this industry are unlike a lot of others because you can be, I can sit across the table from uh, you or I can sit across the table from Pollard or Chris Davin, like real people. Yeah, that, you made it happen yourself. I want to talk, I, this podcast, I want to talk about you even more. I learn more about you. I don't know. This is a different, yeah. It's it, But I mean, like the important thing is you get to just sit across from somebody that you looked up to as a kid. If I wanted to talk to LeBron James, I could not do that. You know how many times that get you, how many people have to talk to different people to get a message even to him? I wanted to talk to you, I message you. Yeah. I want to talk to Eric, I email him. You know, I mean, like this is, that's what the benefit of this industry is, is like if you want to be part of it and pour yourself into it, you can <laughs> yeah, do no something. In the industry, there's people, 
there's like important people, but it's like you're important in a very, very right. weird way. Right. It's like, like how... I was on a trip with Wal- Tom Walsh a long time ago, and he's a pretty important guy in the snow sports industry, and people know him, and there's definitely super fans everywhere. And yeah. It's European tour, but he has this amazing self identify or realizes he's like, I'm very important to like a very small niche of people in the world. Yeah. Like you can just talk, walk around. You know, he can walk around Seattle. No one knows who the hell he is. Or yeah, whatever. totally. Oh, yeah. It's, but yeah. it's the same with everywhere. Or it's the same with every kind of... Who is it? Tim Howard, the uh, U.S. men's soccer team goalie. Yeah. He's, like, from Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, like, he can't walk down the street in Europe without being mobbed. And he could just, like, walk down the street in his hometown. No one knows who he is. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's, what, that's what I think the beauty of this whole thing is, is it's, it's, really, it's really cool. Um, so what's, what's the plan for season next i guess that's that's it's my least favorite question but it's always the question i kind what's of going end forward on is like what's well, what do you do like what's the plan what is you know you guys have learned some things i imagine in year one and yeah change what's, year one was billed as a soft launch year pretty right. much because it was one global pandemic hits we developed three boards and three skis in two factories overseas that and delivered them in 10 months during a global pandemic, if we weren't based next to Mount Hood, it wouldn't have happened. We we basically lived on Mount Hood, skied out, like we got prototypes, we were able to ski and and test these things and actually qualify them to to sell two people in yeah less than ten months. It was basically first prototypes came in March. The world shut down in March. Um, skied there, did a few rounds of uh, prototypes, and then they were available in basically November. And so that was like, okay, so things, our timelines were very tight. Like what we were able to accomplish in, in that small amount of time was pretty shocking to me and, and everybody else. And, and we always need to take a step back and be like, oh my God, I cannot believe we actually did this this quickly. Because usually it takes yeah. three or four years of working on something forever. to launch it <laughs> correctly. Yeah, but we were able to really make it happen because our team is very, very small and can move fast. And we've, we're all veterans in this world. And so, yeah, this first year was definitely a soft launch year. You know, figure out how to make a website. I'm now a website coder these days. Shopify is amazing. Great. You want to do ours? Yeah, we need a website. It's so. all, I can tell you, that'll be a whole different podcast. <laughs> Josh, is, Josh is crappy back-end coding. I don't <laughs> care, dude. And uh, But it worked out great. And having, you know, having a founder who's a videographer, filmer, artist, and has a great vision, it, it all comes out great because we had content like crazy. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, that first year was figuring out how to present a brand in in the light that we wanted to present, sell a few of them, and get some early adopters, which we're so thankful for these people that, that bought it. Because it was just like, it was a big matzo ball. I mean, last year, at this time of year, it was just like, we were building something that no one knew existed. And it's like, I had some total anxiety freakouts being like, this is the weirdest job in the world. Like, it's all based on if you, people like you or not. <laughs> And a lot of everything. people. <laughs> I can't tell you how many. But you asked how I got this going. It's like I got a couple people to like me. Yeah, and then you that's just what have, this whole industry. Sometimes is. I'd love to be like an engineer. So I'm just here, like press this button all day and just do that and go home and then enjoy yourself and pay for skiing. That'd be so much easier. Yeah. But um, but yeah, first year learned so much, and it's it, like I said with Line, we always marketed towards the consumers to drive consumer demand into stores. But I've never talked to so many more actual skiers in my life or snowboarders like personally in one year. Cause yeah. like there was no, there was no like large customer service thing. There was no reps, there was no whatever. So like I actually got to talk a lot, which was really like 
motivating to me to like really get back into that. I kind of feel like I'm a bit disconnected from the snow sports world because I haven't really been talking to all the people I used to be talking to. Does anybody like shun you? No, there. Nobody has been like. Mm, <laughs> they're just like. I'm not gonna give you anything anymore. Like I'm not really gonna talk to you. I'm not gonna tell you how we're doing. Well, I've been kind of busy, so it's like hard to like actually reconnect with people. I went skiing in Mount Hood a few weeks ago, and it was so awesome because it's like I don't know. I've been going there for like 13 years, and it's like you see all kind of the same people, same yeah. like lifties. I saw like Parker White. I saw Liam Downey. I was like super hyped to like just see the homies. I'm like, oh yeah, because I've been kind of in a hole for like the last. <laughs> well we all have too i mean it's been a pandemic so we're totally shut down but um it was really nice to reconnect with some people and uh and start doing that a bit more but going forward with season we do want to highlight a lot more of um yeah people's stories like in some of the some of and starting from the mount hood region and we have if you see some imagery there's a lot of uh consistent faces in there that we um we've been shooting with and and that's that's out of you know, a strategy of, of trying to like have a lot of different faces and different people as the thing. It's not just Eric and Austin in, in all the pictures and, and Lena Stoffel, who's one of our um, ambassadors in, in Innsbruck. Um, and so we definitely have their stuff, which is like high end imagery, but then also a lot of other people's things. So we want to tell a lot more stories of those people and honestly just get the brand out there a bit more. And um, mm. we're going to launch two, uh, three new products this year, three new hard goods products this year. Uh, a twin ski called the Kin, which is awesome, by the way. It's like a stiffer, um, like 96, 98, mid-fat. Is that mid-fat these days? I guess. That's the, that's what you buy. 95, yeah, that's, 96 that's is buy. the size. Yeah, it's yeah. like 96 to 98 um, wasted uh, fun carving ski. Yeah. And so that'll be cool. And then on the board side, it's a twin board. So like we have a twin board, twin ski, not full park ski, whatever. This is definitely an all-mountain thing. It's kind of like a... If you had to compare it to other things like Sakana, a bit more stable, a bit more like um, on the edge, and a twin tip, obviously. And yeah, it's super fun. And so that one will be coming out in September. And then on the board side, we'll have a split board because everyone split boards now and people need split boards. <laughs> and they're pretty awesome. And it'll be black and it will be the only split board you'll ever want to buy in, your, in the rest of your life. Austin said it was the greatest split board he's ever had. And he hates splitboards, so that's very good. And then, yeah, the the Kin snowboard, so and then some poles and things like that. But as far as product product expansion, um, season bikes, season kayaks, <laughs> season no. uh, surfboards, sups. What's Where, up, dude? No, I mean the 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 brand name certainly lends itself to a. a it's lot, a good name. A lot of thank you. It was it's a very uh, good name. Yeah, Eric. One day we were back and forth. What was it going to be? This, that, the other thing. Like just doing like that insane name. I naming gives me. PTSD. What did you throw out? What were you stuck on? Like what was the top <sighs> three? Where you're like, like reason and no, there was I don't know what uh, there was. There was just some like there was a lot arrow like some some of the the product names. Some of the product were, names were like throwaway names. That's good though name. because you can still use. They're them good still, names. They're yeah, like they're this is names. good in a certain way, but like not really. Arrows, yeah, but. I, I think season's great. And season, and then we put the EQPT at the end there because, like, we're just like, there's no way we're going to, one, we can't buy season.com. It's, you can if you want. It's $40,000, but um, <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> and uh, that's not I, as much as I would have thought, actually, that it was. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was, maybe it was something else. No, I was thinking it was season. That's a lot of money still, but I don't know. But yeah, that whole world was tough. And so in my world, I knew we're coming up with such a, speaking of the name, it's such a, um, 
general term that's used ubiquitously throughout the the industry. Yeah. And so, and that's where it came. That's the reason why it's called season. We, we're the only people that kind of like reference like a season that we actually like. We're like, what are you doing this season? Or like, because most normal human beings are like, I just have to make it through the season. Oh, fuck. I'm, I'm in, it's the winter season. I hate the season. But in, in our world, it really connects us all and be like, yeah, it's, it's all about the season. And season so started, people, season's ended, yeah, season's really kicking off. Everyone's like, talking about yeah. the season. So it's just like this great word. And it's it's six letters. The S's and the E's look great, all lowercase. And we finally got to that point. But what I'm getting to here, the nerdy part of things is SEO, yeah. <laughs> which is really hard. And so like, I was like, how are people going to find this thing? And so the Google machine out there I loves, saw you tweet about this, and I was the like... The Google machine loves, uh, you know, quantifying things. And, and if it's a real thing, it'll float to the top of, like, Google search things. So now if you Google season skis or season snowboards were the first thing, because I, I did a lot of um, PR, PRing, I guess, in, in the early part of this, like... My strategy here was like set the hook, make sure people know this brand exists, and then tell the story, and then use all the back end Google. I think you guys have a great opportunity to be a storytelling brand too. Like you can tell that. Like I mean, you have the right people, you have the right method, and you have the right type of brand look where you can be like, here's our blog post. Here's you guys could fucking open a coffee shop if you want to do. It's that kind of (laughs) thing where you'd be like, here's a magazine, here's a coffee shop, here's art, here's whatever. Yeah. It's like it's complete in a way that is very weird for this industry, but it's very. It's cool. I think it's cool shit, man. Like I'm, I'm. That's what I want. Or that's what we're. That's what we're going for. Is like yeah. it, you don't want to be too cool because <laughs> too cool is too cool is, is niche. It's douchey. It's whatever. Yeah. It's like wait, I have to wear this. What's that? You actually had the podcast. What's that helmet that everyone that they make that that meme. Ru- the, not Ruark. No, the um, white ski the whites. <laughs> they always make one of that one helmet. Oh, meme the whites. They do. Uh, <laughs> it's like this stupid. They put it on everything, and it's pencil. just what camp. Oh, camp. The yes, camp. camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never knew what a camp helmet was before I started following those guys, and that shit is so fun. I love the internet. I love the internet for stuff like that. Yeah, like it's when people fun. like I don't know, comedy is. Ski comedy. It's funny. Meme comedy is crap. It's, it's garbage, dude. <laughs> it's so it is funny. garbage. I, dude, people think I love memes for some reason because I'll post them and I'm like, I don't give I, a shit, dude. I want to get to 10,000 followers and get swipe ups. And as soon as we do that, I don't care about any of you. Dude, I don't the care memes about memes. are me- so funny. They're I love going, memes. They're, they're middle trash. class fancy. Come oh my on. God. There's so many, but they're trash. It's like, but it's not like I'm identifying with a meme. You know, it's like I, I get. But, but it's all the but same. But you com- are, yeah. Like the com. I mean, it all goes. I'm a giant Seinfeld fan. I can like recite yeah, a Seinfeld yeah, yeah. in my head, and it's just it's all real life. It's just like totally. It's just they're like flipping a mirror on yourself because everything is funny. And like when it, when you suddenly become too serious, and that's a, a like a gate of ours. We don't ever want to be like super serious, and we don't want to be like this slapstick brand that has like all these crazy marketing words yeah. and whatevers and bananas and butts and everything. But uh, but yeah, like nothing is. Nothing should be that serious. And so, like, I want to have that mirror and turn it on ourselves and just show every part of snow sports because it's fun. It's yeah. all super fun, whether you're, like, the hot shot on, like, that's getting first light or the dude showing up at 11 o'clock, beers in his hands on the, on the, uh, on the chairlift. Like, we want to celebrate all that stuff. And you were getting into being a really good storytelling brand. And that's obviously, like, we have one of the best storytelling guys in the world, founders, Eric, yeah, who wants totally. to... He's told his story a million times, and he'll tell you that all. Like drawn from here was amazing. There's like all these. Yeah. Everyone knows his story, so we don't have yeah. to tell that anymore. Everyone knows Austin's story. He's got a big van, <laughs> and uh, fire truck, and everything. <laughs> it's cool. It's super cool. But there's so many other cooler stories out there. You know, we there's a yeah. few of our 
the people that have kind of come on early that just have like the sickest little stories like this one consumer in um in park city he's like a, a psi level something snowboarder but he's also like a flight attendant and like i love that and shit. he's got like a world record in like um skateboard uh things i'm just like and i just saw his order come through and i was just like thanks because i see every order that comes through like, yeah and i was like looking into him I'm like dude this guy is super interesting like yeah. how do we tell his story or like this person that just like this guy in japan that like does this thing i'm like how do we tell these guys stories so it's like there's there's a, a a glut of these of these amazing like cool little things that we can we can go through. It's just time and and it's gonna take a few years of compounding interest of yeah. the interest in our brand and it's getting there. And we're our, as long as our sales and everything kind of match what we can do and not go out of business. I think uh, you'll be in good shape. It's a good idea. But I would love two years consecutively of like normal years. I don't know what a normal year is anymore post COVID. We're not post-COVID. We're in COVID still. No, we're uh, re-COVID. We're re-COVID. Uh, hopefully after re-COVID, um, we can have a year-over-year comp of being like, okay, are we, like, all the, like, normal business functions that we're doing, are they making sense? And are we growing That's our the business? thing is nobody back? knows. I don't know if we're going to do well next year. I don't know if we're going to do well this year. I don't know if it's going to be. The snow sports world? Yeah. Like, yeah, is like it going to shut down again? But, like, the problem is it was completely shut down last year and it was open and everyone skied and snowboarded. Do people, know. the thing is, is do people, are people still going to give a shit? Like, the people that are new, do, are they going to stick? Because there's, I sold so many new skis to people this year, like to people who had never skied or haven't skied in 20 years. You'll have a percentage of people sticking, I think. I, which is I great. agree. I think, I like, think... the snow sports industry has been elevated 10 years to, in the future. Yeah. Not that the participation has been changing since the 80s. Like, it's been literally flat since the 80s. Like, there's That's been. So, yeah. I know all these, like, funny little facts because recreation management major. I yeah. really studied the snow sports industry as a kid. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's. It, it definitely got so many new people into it. Which is but it hasn't grown because it's like, like you said, we're marketing to the same people. We're marketing to mm-hmm. white and, guys. And the population has changed. That have money. And it's like, there's so many people that I know that would love to go slide around and just don't want to buy a lift ticket. The idea of paying for a lift ticket even is hard to sell to somebody. You're yeah. like, you got to go, it's $170 to ski at Vail for a day or whatever it is. Uh, it is whatever to rent. It's whatever to do this. You got to park. You want to eat food. That'll be $400. Oh, like, it's like, it's so insane to be like, you're a skier. This is how you do it. You have money. Like, it doesn't need to be like that. No. But people make it like that. And and to connect those dots is really hard. And so it's, it is, I hopefully can use that special skill set that I have of connecting all those dots and being like, okay, what are these barriers? How can we take yeah. away one or two of them at least and people don't know how to start that's one of my biggest quarrels with the ski industry is like when i learned how to play basketball i learned from day one i i was taught the process of playing basketball i was taught even the west springfield though i thought everyone plays basketball everybody does that i know but whatever but that's the point is like (laughs) i have an idea of how to play basketball whether it's baseball basketball soccer these kind of things but as a skier you don't necessarily have that guidance unless you raced yeah you don't have a, this is what's cool. Or you, or you grew up I was just dragged together. them out. I didn't even like skiing for the first 10 years. Me neither. Like when I, I like skiing at 15 for the first time. Like that was the first time <laughs> I was like, this is dope. I want to do this all the time. But it's because of other things. You're like, your friends are playing sports, yeah. like organized sports. How do you get somebody that wants to go play uh, basketball, take him and go put him into skiing? Yeah. There's so, I mean, and I've had this conversation a million times and there's never a solution that we can like bring up or whatever. Cause it's always like this, this is how it sucks or whatever. There is some really smart people out there that are hopefully uh, like scheming on what that is. My friend Annette Diggs, who you should get on the podcast at some point. She's, she's away, um, this weekend. But, uh, 
she runs this very um, specific, it's called Edge Outdoors. Look it up, Edge Outdoors. Um, and it's for BIPOC women and trans women to go skiing, I think. It's yeah. kind of like the focus. And then, you know, it's a little bit bigger, but she is one, she has like a full-time job and then does this on the side. She must have 48 hours in a day. The lady is the hardest working woman I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And, and then she's a PSI level one or two. Like she works at Stevens Pass from Memphis, like moved here and was like, dude, this is the hardest situation like to actually do this whole thing. And she did it herself. She, she went through the entire process of actually going skiing. She's a good skier and, and is always learning and, and growing. And then, wants to open that up and, and take some of those barriers away to people that aren't being spoken to at all. Yeah. And so I'm just like, Phew. and so I like to call her all the time and just be like, well, what's going on? Just talk all the time. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, but it all has to start with like, everything starts with a, um, what is it, just, it's an acceptance of shit that's fucked up. Yeah. Or, and then being like, okay, this is, the, this is the start. And you're like, yeah, like look at it, see it, <laughs> and then go yeah. from there. So I kind of, it's hard though because you got like a and I'm, I'm including myself when i say white guy like even though it may be not the same but it's hard to do that when it's like you're like oh come on over like come ski like it's just it, i don't know you don't want to feel like the token black arab bipoc yeah. like you don't want to feel like the token person there but we need people to go and make <laughs> everybody else feel more welcome yeah. So that's the struggle that I have meant because in one, because I know what it's like to be singled out and be like, I'm the only Arab that I know that's other than Ahmet and Garai and like, <laughs> it's like, I don't even know if they're Arab, but like, it's hard, man. Like you don't want to be the token single person, yeah. but you also need to be there. So someone else feels comfortable. Exactly. So it's like, you're asking someone who has been singled out to now take responsibility for Asking more people huge. to come, yeah, which is crazy. Dude. Like, it's such a crazy idea to yeah. think about. But I don't and know. so I guess you got to just kind of focus on what you can, what you can control, what just you can help. do. And yeah. so getting back to season, we just want to celebrate every single damn person that's out there and, and just really try to make a more unique look of our outward marketing yeah. as opposed to just a bunch of white dudes from yeah. well, the Intermountain West. <laughs> Well, I hope you guys sell a shit ton of skis. I hope it goes Thank well. Thank you. Um, I mean, it's and that's, it's been really fun and it's challenging and it, it's it'll be completely challenging at some point. But um, yeah, it's, we're we're getting through it and um, I, I like to uh, hope for the best and see what happens. There's a lot of like little like logistics and global supply chains and all the like the nuts and bolts things. Those are very those are always over looked a lot sometimes yeah for sure <laughs> and you're like oh yeah we need to actually deliver things when people are thinking about snow sports you can't just thing. sell them you need to actually have them make them do all mm -hmm. the things so yeah. It's, yeah there's there's every part of a i've learned so much in the last year or two and i'm sure i'll learn even more in the next two or three years so it's uh pretty pretty interesting yeah um seasonequipment.com seasonequipment.com i was just gonna ask you where can people find you <laughs> where can people find season the internet just um, google my name i guess google josh malchak i'm sure people will be able to spell that with no issue at all yeah, exactly. um and uh no no problem so we do own season dot equipment there's a dot equipment as a um i don't know what they have what a dot com is called or a dot yeah. org but there's a dot equipment so you have that as well got that one yeah well, it's a great deal congratulations let me know when you get season I, I need out of bounds i need just out of bounds that's what i'm gonna go look for after this and see how much it's gonna cost me to buy gotta be out of bounds expensive. yeah it's gotta be too much money but way more than the podcast has
OTB. I mean, I guess everything. Three, whatever. It's been an interesting conversation. <laughs> I'm glad you guys came here, though. Thanks for. Doing of course. Um, season equipment. Season equipment on Instagram. Right. Oh, yeah. What's it's the all social? EQPT. EQPT. Yeah, it's season EQPT. That's what I want to make sure people get for everything. So it's, and our, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's all growing from now, and just it's very small. If you message us, you probably get myself or only a few other people. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can keep it that way for a little bit. I do like inter- interacting with, with consumers and hearing the good, the bad, the ugly, or whatever. And, yeah. Um, not just the good. The good is just boring to me, I think. It is. And then, yeah, get out there. we got to get more people on these things, too. Yeah, for sure. Because demos, I mean, in your world, how many people do you sell a ski to? That they've never skied on. Like, do demos... Not good skiers. I don't sell them to good skiers if they haven't demoed it. Right. Good skiers want to know, or they know exactly the shape they want the ski they want ahead of time, and that's the only time they buy, really, without demoing. But people that are good need... need Especially a new brand. Like, it's hard, because you can hook somebody on a brand that they've never heard of before if you send them out on a ski. Like, that's... Whenever I bring in a small brand, the first thing we do is we mount a demo on it, I ski it, and I take somebody out and I switch with them or whatever. You know, yeah. that's what we do. It's like we take a couple and we just go make la- – it's it's the rep treatment for a customer. Totally. Um, that's huge for people, like having a demo yeah. day and like you going out and skiing getting with getting someone to switch is so hard, man. Like people are like, no, I'm a vocal guy. No, I'm a Razzie guy. I've been a Razzie guy. guy forever. It's Real like, why guy. are you? They don't know who you are. But Josh <laughs> is reading your email. So that's a reason to buy skis, I guess. It is nice. It's nice to be close to the consumer, that's for sure. But, you know, but – and, and create something that's a bit more, yeah, less confusing. Yeah. It's just a confusing industry these days. It is. It's a confusing, yeah, and, all the time. And you, you can't break down, you can't recycle a ski. <laughs> the biggest thing, even ones that are made with recycled materials, you can't recycle, you can't break it down. So there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of parts to it. So the best thing you can do is keep your shit long as possible. <laughs> and so. Yeah, for sure. Buy our stuff once. And then twice, 10 years from now, <laughs> hopefully. Thank you, Josh. Thank you so much, Adam. This has been great.